I, there's a lot of things that we got to correct um, based on what he said. Um, and I have a reword, and it's ridiculous. Um, I think we could all, no, I'm, I'm joking. He did a great job. We're great friends. I make fun of him all the time. He makes fun of me. And um, on a related note, this is probably my last Sunday based on that comment. He's probably watching right now thinking, yep, yeah, that's ridiculous. All right. Um, you're probably wondering why the band is still up here. And, and I, since I don't preach just super often, I wanted to leave them up here in case things got a little dicey and I didn't do very good so they could just start playing and we could continue on um, with our service. So that's why uh, that's why they're they're uh, they're still there. It's a little extra. It's weird preaching with people behind you. Um, so you guys behave back there, please. Um, so the reworks, the, uh, the, these things that Sheldon has been preaching, the first one, obviously, like he talked about the very first sermon, the biggest one is resurrection. I think we can all agree that as a foundation to what we believe as Christians, if it weren't for the resurrection of Jesus, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't be doing this. And then he talked, I think it was last week, it may have been two weeks ago, he talked about the word redeemed. Each of us has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He talked about repent and um, how sometimes wherever we are in our life, sometimes we have to repoint. Sometimes we have to think, okay, I made a mistake, I messed up, now let me repoint my life, let me repent from that, and let me go in this new direction. He talked about revision, and he talked, I think it was last week, about this new building project that we just gave you a little bit of info about. There's more information that's going to come. God is doing great things at Journey Church, and the things that we're going to be able to do moving forward, shifting, talked about shift 21, and then he talked about reorient. We talk about that a lot with sermons, that sometimes when you start off a sermon, we kind of have to disorient people when we say things that make you go, no, wait a minute, that, that, that doesn't quite sound right, and then reorient to a new direction. Today, I want to talk about the word revive. Now, that word revive is a word that if you're like me, and I grew up in a Southern Baptist church here in this town, what I hear with that word is the word revival. And I remember as a child, uh, we would have these preachers come in, and then there'd be a group of people that would come in and uh, lead worship. And we would have it on Sunday morning and Sunday night and on Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And it was exhausting, but it was always so much fun. And I told, I, I hadn't even planned to do this, but it got me thinking in the first service, I remember my granddad was the pastor of our church. And I remember in August of 1984, I was six years old, and I remember we were having a revival. I'm not sure what night it was, but I do know it was at night, whether it was Sunday night or Monday night, I, I can't remember. And I, I was sitting next to my grandmother, and I remember thinking, I, I need to go downstairs. And, and so I did, and I'm sure that was probably like a kick in the gut to my granddad, who was my pastor, that his grandson decided that he was going to be saved when he wasn't the one preaching. Um, let it, let it sink in there, Lewis, you'll get it. Um, but, you know, as any six-year-old, you've led a terrible life as a kid. And so you have to go lay it all down at the altar. Some six-year-olds are worse than others, but we're not going to go there. Um, but what does revive mean? 
so I grabbed my phone and I went to to Google and, and asked that exact question. And what it says is, is it means either to restore to life or to give new strength or energy. Now I was trying to think, okay, what what is an example? What is a way that I can share what that means? Because if, if resurrection literally means from, from dead to life, I really don't want to focus on the restore to life part. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the weather here recently has been pretty fabulous. Um, so I was focusing on the give new strength or energy. About three or four years ago, uh, Trip, my 11-year-old son, he's my oldest son here. If you remember the last time I preached, or maybe it was the time before, I, I told the story about how he was wearing his brand new jeans and decided to play football at school and had mud and grass stains literally everywhere and I kind of lost it. He's always, he's always suspicious, I tell. He's got great truth in everything that he does. Um, he woke up one morning and all the kids always come into the kitchen, they sit at the bar and eat their breakfast. And he wasn't feeling great. He sounds a lot like I do this morning and he's just kind of blah. And we have a rule at our house that if, uh, if you're not running fever, or throwing up that you go to sleep. So staying home <coughs> is not an option. So he got his first superbug. Now, most of us probably don't remember the first time we had a superbug, but we gave it to him, and within 15 minutes, that kid was restored to life and given new strength and energy. He was bouncing off, I mean, he was crazy. And I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. But he was practically dead that morning, had no energy, felt terrible. And within 15 minutes, he had more energy than I've ever seen him have. I actually had him through the feds this morning as well. So I'm a little high. So don't hold anything I say against me. Um, But uh, he, he was full of energy at that point. He was revived. Let's look at some some scripture that talks about that word revive. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to I'm going to do this quickly so you may just want to follow along um, on uh, on the screen, but in chapter 71 and verse 20. <coughs> sorry. It says though you have made me see troubles many and bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. That word restore, revive, give new strength. Let's look at chapter 80, uh, verse 18. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Then a few chapters later in chapter 119, uh, all the way down in verse 88, in your unfailing love, preserve, that word preserve means restore, revive, save, my life, that I may obey the statutes of your mouth. And then over in chapter 143, in verse 11, for your name's sake, Lord, preserve, again, restore, revive my life and your lifeless one. Bring me out of trouble. Now, like I said earlier, in the first three sermon, Sheldon talked about resurrection, that we are all searching for resurrection. You say this morning, well, I mean, I get that resurrection is a big part of our faith. I understand that Jesus had to die and 
and that he came out of the tomb. But, I mean, I'm not really searching for resurrection. I mean, I'm not dead. You say, well, but you know, I I am tired. I kind of got a lot going on. Some days I'm just kind of at the end of my rope. You don't need resurrection. You need revival. You need to be given new strength and energy. In Matthew chapter 14, and we know this story. Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount. He had gone away to be by himself for a minute. The apostles had all got on the boat, gone out on the water. wasn't with him and then like Jesus likes to do he likes to kind of make a point with the apostles so he decides to stare the heck out of them and walk out on the water now we've heard this story so many times we're like yeah Jesus walked on the water it's okay okay if you're out at Lake Meredith and you're boating you're fishing you're you know you're water skiing and you see some dude walking across the water you're going to wonder what's been in your solo cup that day So Peter, just like he always does, is always the first to speak and never think about what he's saying. And so they're all freaking out, thinking, oh, here's this ghost walking on the water. And he's like, no, no, guys, don't be afraid. It's me. It's Jesus. You know, you've seen me before. We were just together a little bit ago. And Peter says, okay, well, if it's you, then call me out there. Jesus is like, okay, come on, buddy. So Peter steps out of the boat starts walking on the water looking at jesus walking towards him and then he's like whoa wait a minute hold on i'm walking on the water what's going on here and he begins to sink jesus is like i'm sure probably rolled his eyes and was like when is this guy ever going to figure it out and he reaches down lovingly gets peter's hand peter lost his focus he took his eyes off of let circumstances and things around him overtake his mind. So I want to ask you a question this morning. In what or where or who do you put your trust or your hope? Is it in your spouse? Is it your kids? Is it in your parents? Is it in your friends? Is it in your job? trust yourself maybe you've been burned too many times and you say no no i don't trust anyone i trust no one but myself is it in maybe a political figure or in politics maybe it's the new and latest and greatest product that someone's selling on facebook and you say no this thing works i i trust them psalm 20 in verse 7 that some trust in chariots and some in horses. We trust in the name of the Lord, our God. That's where our trust and our hope needs to live. I've been hailed by the Savior Built fire from above. I've been down by the river. 
hate the same the prodigal return Another way to say that is I was supposed to die, but because of the blood of Jesus, I was saved, or I was restored, I was revived, I was given new life. The Bible says that in Christ, all things are new. In Christ, we are a new creation. We've been given another chance. The second half of that chorus, but I've been freed and forgiven. I'm not going back. I'll never be the same. Anybody in here restore old furniture or anything, any kind of antiques. You know, if, if I go to a garage sale 
and I buy an antique chair. And I take it home, and I take the upholstery off of it, and um, I sand down the wood, and I strip off all of that stain or that paint or whatever's on it. And then I, I put a new fabric on it, and then I, I painted a different color. It's still the same chair that it was, and it always will be, but it has been restored and given new life. It's no longer beat up. It doesn't have the scars and the scrapes and all the things that it's encountered through its life. Someone loved it and gave it a new chance. A couple months back, we were having a staff meeting. And our staff, we meet every Tuesday night, and we are real with each other. We talk about the things that we're struggling with, the things that are going on in our life. We're vulnerable with each other. That's a word that Sheldon has used a lot lately. And he asks us a question, just kind of like, what are, what are some things that, you know, you're dealing with? And, and April made the comment that sometimes she found it hard to leave mistakes in the past. Now, who can't relate to that? Every one of us gets tired and we get down about something we've done. Or maybe it's not even something you've done. Maybe it's just something you've encountered. But we carry this thing with us becomes a burden to carry and that burden becomes so big and so heavy we can't hardly carry it anymore but just like that song says I've been freed and forgiven I'm not going back I'll never be the same you're a new creation you don't have to carry that with you You don't have to get someone to help carry it with you because Jesus paid for that on the cross with his blood. So don't let that thing, that regret, that mistake, whatever it is, don't let it consume you. I want to read this scripture in the book of Isaiah. It's a very familiar scripture. Chapter 40, starting in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. the power of knowledge. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This Wednesday night, we're having our revived worship night. And I want to encourage every one of you this morning in this room to come and be a part of that. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever done before. And I'm not asking you to come because what we're doing is cool 
I'm asking you to come because every one of us needs revival. Every one of us has something that we're carrying with us that we, we need to lay down. Several of you have asked this morning, what's, what's this note card for in my chair? I want you to take that card and I want you to take it with you today. And I want you to ask God to reveal to you what is that thing that you've been carrying? That burden, that regret, that mistake, that thing from your past that you shouldn't be returning to. And I want you to write that on the card. And then you're going to bring that card back on Wednesday evening. And you're going to have a time in the service where you literally can bring that card and nail it to the cross. Because it was already bought and paid for, whatever that is, when Jesus died on the cross. You don't have to carry it anymore. You say, well, I understand that. And I've prayed about it, but I just can't release it. You've heard us talk about the Journey Care Team. It's a group of people that pray for Journey Church and that pray for you. Whether you send an email in at the pray at jchurch.life or you text April or any of the pastors, these people are praying for you. They're going to be here. We're going to start something new. They're going to be here on Wednesday evening. And there's going to be a part of the service, and they're going to be stationed all across this room. They want to pray for you. You don't have to go and spill your guts. You don't have to tell them everything that you're dealing with. But sometimes we just need to go to someone and say, I need you to pray for me. I'm struggling. I don't know the words to say. I don't know what to do. But I, can you just pray for me? God knows. And sometimes it's comforting and encouragement when someone else is praying on your behalf. So think about that thing you're carrying, that burden. Take those cards with you, write it on them, and bring it back. I promise you this, on Wednesday evening, you will encounter God. Not because of what we're doing, but because He's always ready. He's always there. I want to read a poem to you this morning. So if you'll close your eyes for just a minute, I want you to just kind of clear your mind focus on these words it's called lay it down walking slowly through my life simply run to him I throw myself at his starting gate and ask for the mercy that I know he is ready to give like a child who has grown too tired to sleep I fight against it against the desire to relieve myself of this weight of this burden that bows my heart as I slowly move in this life why won't I lay it down is it the I did it again words that just don't want to come out? Is it fear that this time there will be no mercy? So I cower like a kicked dog 
looking for affection, but fearing rejection. Only I've never been fearing rejection. I think it's just plain old stubborn pride that forces me to carry it all on my own. That makes me handle it first. So my grubby hands have to stick to it. Dirty and sad. Why must I wait so long to seek forgiveness? I know mercy is waiting. But here I am, walking slowly up this path that mirrors my path. I am dying to put it down. But I don't. So I confess. Help us, help us to put down that weight, that burden that we're carrying. Help us give it to you. You've already bought and paid for it with the blood of Jesus. Help us to release it. Father, this morning I pray for revival in each of our own hearts, in our church, and in your church across this nation and across this would light a fire in our lives for you so that people could see you. Father, you are a holy God. That is why we praise you. That is why we lift up your name. Help us to believe that you are for us and not against us. We praise you, Lord. I ask that you move in an amazing way on Wednesday night. Holy name I pray. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's worship him. He is holy this morning.